Who's ready for the word this morning? Who's ready for some word this morning? Amen and amen. If you got your uh, Bibles with you or your phones, how whatever technique you're using, turn to Matthew chapter six this morning. <clears throat> Last week we started talking uh, a new series called Charged, and we're in the second week of that. And it's just fitting that we're talking about fasting today as we start fasting this coming uh, Monday. Fasting is a way that we charge. God uses to really charge up our spirits. And last week we started talking. We were talking about devotion. Uh, God is looking for a people that are devoted to him. Amen. And if you look at the definition of devotion or devoted, it really encompasses three areas. Uh, love, it says the definition is having love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for something or some person. And uh, whenever you are devoted to something, that's what you're doing. You're demonstrating your love, your loyalty, your enthusiasm. And as Americans have a long list of things that we are dedicated dedicated to, um, uh, and as, as I mentioned last week, just uh, Google said the number one thing that Americans are dedicated to is food. We, we, we like our food, and uh, there was shopping and shoes and, and video games, and we all have our favorite teams that, that, that we're cheering for, and, 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 and if I hear Roll Tide one more time because I'm wearing burgundy, I just wore it to remind you that you're not in the championship this year. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you, of, I just wanted you to know what it feels like to be on the other side, okay? But, um, but no matter your, see, some of, you, some of your devotion just flared up right there, like, I'm not paying my tithes this week. Give me back that check. I'm not doing it. I'm leaving, you know. So your devotion is strong and, and to, your, to these things. And, and as, as Christians, God wants you to be devoted to him. He wants your love. He wants your loyalty. He wants your enthusiasm. It's, it's, it's sad about the number of the uh, a number of Christians that we have that don't have enthusiasm. We should be the most enthusiastic people everywhere we go. Can somebody say amen? No matter where it's in the house of the Lord or on your job, why? Because you know the power of God. You know, you know uh, that, that you know that He hung on the cross for you. You know that the tomb is empty. You know that there's still power in the blood. We should be the most enthusiastic people on this earth, but it is no surprise if you just step outside or you've been watching modern culture that Jesus Christ is not always the top <coughs> of our priority. Even as Christians, sometimes he is not on the top uh, the top of your priority. But as we were talking last week, this year in 2020, the things that you are devoted to, they are either going to drain you or they're going to either charge you. The things that you are devoted to this year, they will either drain you or just really charge you up. And last week we started looking at our cell phones and we were talking, making some comparisons to uh, us and the cell phone. And the cell phone, it has great potential just like you. It was created with detail and thought just like you. And just like the cell phone, our spiritual batteries are continuously going up and down. And if we do not charge ourselves up spiritually, we will find ourselves spiritually dead by the end of this year. I can pretty much tell you that. If you don't charge up your spiritual life this year, by the end of this year, uh, your spiritual life will pretty much be non-existent. And without devotion to God in 2020, you will find these draining seasons just taking you over. Over. And this is where so many people mess up because so many people, when they're drained, they turn to everything else. They turn, they want someone to, to charge them. They, they want a song to charge them.
charge them. They want an energy drink to charge them. They want a smoke or they want a this or that. They want something to kind of fill that void. But God is crying out to his people today saying, I have come that you may have life. Amen. And I just didn't come that you may have life, but I've come that you may have it more abundantly. I've come up to charge your battery and I've come to give you rest so you can be charged up again. Get this in your notes, this, this, uh, this passage, Philippians 3.10. I'm just going to read it for you. Philippians 3.10. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may know him and his power. See, did you know that you can know about him, but not know him? You can attend the most prestigious seminary in this world and still not know God. Amen. You can know Greek and Hebrew. You could be like a walking uh, Bible dictionary, but still not know who he is. See, but when you begin to pray and when you begin to fast, you really begin to understand him on a new level. It becomes about not uh, not what you know, but who you know. It is about a relationship rather than a religion. Amen. And when this happens, when you begin to pray and fast and you find him on deeper levels, Philippians 3.10, uh, it, it comes to life in your life. It, it, it becomes a reality that you start to know more about him and you know the power that he has. Last week, we started talking about Matthew chapter 6 and I use the verse that's well known and it's well liked. It says, seek you first the kingdom of God and then all of these things will be added unto you. This week we're going to kind of go back and see what was leading up to that passage and he's kind of telling us how he will uh, if you want to get to this point of seeking him this is how you do it. So in Matthew chapter 6 I'm going to begin reading in verse 1 this morning it says be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. But truly, I tell you, they they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in a secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse five, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, 
put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Before we start breaking this passage down, I really want you to understand just some very important things just by looking, just by reading this passage of scripture. The wording is so important because, <coughs> excuse me, the word doesn't say if you give. It doesn't say if you pray. It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. In other words, it was not a suggestion. Hmm? It was not a suggestion, but it was really like a mandate to Jesus' followers. He was giving his dis, uh, disciples this, and he was affirming this discipline. He said, whenever you do it, not if you do it, but when you do it. See, disciplines are what you do in private, but performances are what you do in public. See, you can look, you can look disciplined on social media. Somebody say amen. But your life be a total wreck. I know there's nobody in here. I know that's first service. But let me tell you something. You can look so disciplined on social media. You can be sharing. You can be sharing. Uh, you can share my message every week. You can share Bible verses. You can share spiritual memes. You can do all these things. Even Facebook. You, you yourself can look disciplined. There's all these apps and stuff that like takes the wrinkles off your face. It takes your crow's feet away. You can, you can elongate your lashes and make your eyes whatever color. And then whenever you see one of those people in person you're like what happened to you this week it must have been a rough week you ever saw one of those people yes you can look so disciplined on social media but your life be a wreck you can look disciplined on the stage, but your personal life just lacks all type of discipline. And I made this, an, this analogy with, with Hollywood so many times. It looks like everyone is happy and they have it all together. And then we will turn on the news and we will find that a celebrity took their life, one that was like a comedian or one that we thought they had everything together, but their personal life was lacking discipline. It was lacking something. See, there are so many people who are after things like that. They want the gifts and they want the talents and they want the abilities. They want the followers and they want the crowds of others. But they don't understand and they don't want to complete the private disciplines that got someone there. There was a lot of people, I want to preach like that person or I want to pray like him or I want to be able to teach like that. But you don't understand the discipline and the times whenever that person had to get up early in the morning and just pray through some things. You don't understand the stuff they had to get through to the place where God is blessing them in such a public manner. Amen? You don't understand? Jesus is saying, because of your private discipline, I will release public rewards on you. I will do those things for you. I will release those things for you because of what you are doing in private because seek you first and then I will add these things to you. He's saying, look, you don't need another set of eyes on you. You don't need anybody seeing you pray. You don't need anybody seeing you give or fasting. You don't need another set of eyes upon you because God is saying, look, you have enough eyes on you already because you've got my eyes, your eyes, and the eyes of the devil are always upon you. Jesus was fasting 40 days. If you're beginning to fast and you've never fasted, don't fast 40 days. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know many people who have really fasted 40 days. 
Okay, I know WWJD, but he's Jesus. Okay, he also hung on the cro- he also hung on the cross for you. He fasted forty days. Okay, 40 days in Luke chapter 4. Now remember, three people are always looking at you, God, you, and the devil. Three times while Jesus Christ is fasting, the devil appears to him to tempt him. If if, if the devil is going to tempt Jesus in his fast, guess what he's going to do to you in your fast? The devil comes and he says, look, if you are who you say you are, he says it three times. If you are who you say you are, come on, come on, come on, Jesus. I know you're hungry. Come on, turn this stone to bread. Look, I've seen you turn water to wine. You've got to be thirsty. Eh? I've, seen you, I've seen you just feed the multitudes with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. Come on, turn this stone to bread. If you are who you say you are. And all of a sudden, the devil was challenging his identity. See, in fasting, fasting allows you to understand who you are and who you are not. It reminds you that you don't do life, that you can't do life without Jesus. It increases your dependency on him. And the devil was tempting Jesus to step away from the past or from the fast. Do you want to know why? Because he knew the power that was about to be released on his life. He understood the concept of it. He realized that if he got through this 40 days, he was going to step into a new realm of power. He wanted to mess with the mind of Jesus when he was in a vulnerable moment to interrupt the power that was about to be released on his life. See, whenever you enter into seasons of fasting and prayer, many things will come to interrupt the power that you are about to receive. I can guarantee it. There's going to be something that comes in the way. But what do we do? What do we do with temptation? What do we do whenever, whenever it's like the devil comes into, and whenever you're tempted to eat and you're sitting there and you're at work in your cubicle and your stomach is just turning and you look at your pen and it looks like a Tootsie Roll. You're just like, oh Lord, I don't, what do I do? What do you do whenever you're tempted in times whenever you're trying to get through something? Let's look what Jesus does in this, in this same passage here. Jesus, look what he did. Here the devil is. He's, he's messing with his mind. If you are who you say you are, Come on down. If you are who you say you are, come on. Turn this bread. Uh, turn this stone into bread. If you are who you say you are. And Jesus responds every time. This is a great example for you to follow. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just preach about fasting, but I want to give you something that, to take with you these next couple of weeks. This is something you need to understand. Whenever he was tempted, whenever he was about to receive power and the devil was after him, look what he does. Every time he says, every time the devil says, if you are who you say you are, Jesus responds, it is written, it is written, it is written. Because Jesus not only knew the power of fasting, but he also understood the tactics of Satan. And when you combine the charging of the Spirit through fasting with the power of prayer and the Word of God, that it is written, a victory is waiting to be released. A power is waiting to come into your life. He understood that. And every time he says, it is written, it is written, it is written. And you've got to understand it's Luke 4, 13 through 14. Just jot that down. And look, and it says, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed him for a season. For a season. Not the rest of his life. This fast that we're doing is not enough to get you through the rest of your life. The devil 
left Jesus for a season. And here he is. It's for a season. And it says, and Jesus, being tempted here for 40 days, hungry, tired, weak, exhausted, the devil is coming in saying, come on, just eat this. Come on. And here he is. He is praying. And he says, no, it is written. It is written. It is written. It says, and then as soon as that was over, it said, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region about him. Do you understand the significance of this? He's in a season of prayer and fasting. He's in a season of being tormented by the devil. And because he knew the power of prayer, because he did not stop fasting, because he put the word in the season, it says that he stepped out in full power of the Spirit. In that moment of fasting and temptation, guess what? He did not call on the angel to come get him. No, he just stayed there and continued to pray, to fast, and to seek God with the Word. And he walked out of that season. How? Full of the power of the Spirit. He walked out charged. That's a reason to praise him. Why? Because God... God is saying this morning, you can do the same thing in this season where you are at. You can totally revolutionize your next season. You can totally revolutionize this, this year. Why? Because whenever you're there, he said, I'm going to pour something upon you called a, the power of the Spirit that's going to get you to places. He walked out of the season full and charged. And the word says he didn't stop walking, but he walked out of the temptation, out of fasting, into power. And the word continues. And it says, guess what he did? He walked into the synagogue and began to opened the scrolls and he declared the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. How powerful is that? That he received something in a season that gave him the power that set forth his ministry like never before. See, because you can walk out of last year and start this year with power. You can walk out of your defeat into a new season of victory. You can walk out of your old relationship into a next one with power. You can walk out of this career into your next one with power because, see, we have seen everything that you can accomplish yourself. You've tried it all. We've seen everything you can accomplish yourself. I can look at your Facebook page and I can tell you everything that you've accomplished this last year. It's all cool, okay? You, you, I can tell everything you've accomplished by yourself. But guess what? We have, been, we, have, we have seen you trying to work everything out by yourself. Now it's time to show the world what God can do through you. So now it's time to show the world what God has for you. Because see, the answers to your future are in his presence. Huh. The plans for your future. Do you want to know what your future holds? Guess what? It can be found only in his presence. And this happens when you connect yourself to God in a whole new level and you can achieve the power, you can receive the charge when you pray and when you fast. Answers are waiting in his presence. Isn't that amazing? That everything you've been looking for is just waiting for you 
to step into his presence. When Jesus died on the cross, he says, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. It is finished. Everything that you need now, guess what? It's just waiting for you to step into his presence. Answers are waiting in his presence. And whenever you begin to fast, you need to understand that asking God for big things are in perfect order for you. You need to be asking God for some things in your life that nothing else in this world can do except him. You, guess what? Asking for specific instructions while you're fasting. It is in order. Fasting is often the birthing place of dreams and divine plans for your life. I was reminded last year this time, Legacy Church, before it was really, before we had even launched, we were fasting. We had about less than half of the money that we needed just to open the door. And then the prayer and the fasting of the people, it stirred up something. God, we moved closer to him. And then before we know it, about three weeks after the fast, every penny that we needed was given. It's something to praise the Lord about. Someone should praise the Lord. That is the power of fasting. That is the power of prayer. You need to get this in your notes this morning. If you can't overcome the power of your belly, how can you overcome the power of a demon? Mm. If you cannot overcome the power in your belly, how can you overcome the power of the devil? The word even says it, that if you really want to fight some spiritual battles, guess what? It says this This kind only comes through what? Prayer and fasting. The word says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He's like, look, don't worry about your neighbor. He's like, because you've got enough spiritual battles to be fighting. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 14, for the weapons of warfare that we are fighting, they are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. He says the weapons that you use to kill the, 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 the darkness, to, to, to do away with your enemy, he said, guess what? They're not carnal. They're not of this earth. You could have the largest gun collection this side of the Mississippi. You could have exported bullets, weapons. You could have knives from New Zealand, and you could have bows and arrows, and you could have, you could have, you could have a cannon at your house. You could have your own tank at your house. But guess what? None of those things will do anything spiritually for you. Hmm. He says, but I'm giving you a weapon that can take care of those things. And it's called prayer and it's called fasting. See, fasting is not easy because it disrupts the body's habits. How many of you love it when somebody interrupts your schedule? Mm -hmm. How many of you love it when somebody interrupts your vacation? You get that email, you get that text. Something interrupts 
your habit, your schedule. See, fasting is not easy because it is disrupting your body's habits at 10 to 15 every day. It's clockwork. My stomach starts saying, boy, you're hungry. I know you're skinny, but you're really hungry, boy. I eat thousands and thousands of calories, probably a lot more than you every day. I don't look like it. Don't be hating. I can put away. I just had a big steak yesterday. 18 ounces. Yeah, I did it. I don't look like it this morning, but I did it. Hungry. 10, 15 every day, it says it's lunchtime. You, you need to, you know, I'm, my mind's starting to think. My mind's starting to think. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. See, see the, the stomach is a dominant force in your life. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hunger will make you do some crazy things. Hunger plays with your mood. Look at your neighbor and say, you moody. <laughs> moody Judy. They don't call you that for no reason because you moody. It plays with your mind. Your hunger in your stomach can play with your mind. It plays with your strength. And, and when you're hungry, it's like your weaknesses are like on a, with a highlighter. Just, just look at the story of Jacob and Esau. Whew. Esau was hungry. Thought he was about to die. He was so hungry. And he sold his birthright. He sold his future. He sold everything that his father had for him. He sold what was waiting for him. He sold everything for a bowl of stew. It wasn't a flow's fillet. Just a little bowl of stew. He sold his future because he could not get his stomach in order. He could not get his flesh in order. See, there will be times over the next couple of weeks where you will want to stop and I and just give in and just, and just stop praying and stop the fast. But I encourage you, keep going because there's something powerful waiting on you. There's a birthright waiting for you. Whew. Your future is waiting for you. But Esau could not receive his future. He could not receive what was in store for him because his stomach was louder than his devotion. His stomach was louder than his discipline. Get this. There are things that God has been trying to give to you that you cannot receive because there is a hunger for something other than God's plan inside of you. Whew. There are things that God has been trying to speak to you but you cannot even hear him because the overload of stuff in your head. How many times have we missed the word that we've been looking for because we were just cluttered up? How many times have we missed a move? How many times have we missed a miracle because we were just, we had a hunger for so many other things. We were trying to figure so many things out and we forgot just to stop and just consecrate ourselves. See, God is trying to download something in you. He's trying to give you a heavenly download. He's trying to give you a map for your future. He's trying to give you divine interaction with him. He's trying to download something in your spirit, but you can't receive it because you have a poor connection or your line is full of clutter fasting is a tool for decluttering it's a tool that consecrates us that removes us from things and starts to remove clutter from your life how many of you have clutter in your mind right now that you are that you want to get rid of there are some things you got jobs you got kids you got money you got marriage all this clutter stuff when God is trying to speak to us fasting is a tool of decluttering because you cannot do the will of the father until you know the will of the father 
Hmm. And you cannot download his will when your lines are all clogged up with debris of this world. I want you to get this in your notes. Fasting does not move God. It moves you. Fasting doesn't move God. It moves you. Because God is always there. He's always in the center of it all. The word says that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is all. He has always been standing in the center of it all. It doesn't matter. It does not move God. It moves you. Wow. It moves you to a place of greater knowledge of him. It moves you to a place with greater power with him. It moves your focus to him. Fasting doesn't move God. It will move you. And I don't know about you. There's a lot of times in my life where I need to make a move. I need to shift some things. I need something to open up. I need something to move in my life. Ban, help me out this morning. The phone. I started talking about the phone last week. How it is an illustration of us. And here we are. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you were trying to catch the moment. With our smartphones, we catch moments these days with pictures of video. How many of you have ever been in a season in your life where you were somewhere out in public, you may have, saw, you, you may have seen something, you may have seen a wreck, you may, well, no matter what, and you were there and you were trying to catch the moment and you pick up your phone, you turn the camera on and on mine, the screen is black and there's a white box that says, you don't have enough storage, bro. You can't catch this moment. You can't get what you want to get because you're so full of everything else mm. that you can't make the most out of this moment. I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, stepped out of a conference center. I looked down the road and it was a parade. I keep looking. Dolly Parton was coming toward me. I thought, oh Lord, in all of her glory. It was Dolly. Oh, Dolly. I get my phone out and I pull it out. And no lie, you do not have enough storage to capture Dolly and all of her glory. What do I do? I'm like, oh gosh, it's Dolly. I'm deleting things. I'm, de I'm deleting videos of my children being born. I'm just like, it's Dolly. It felt like a hard candied Christmas. I didn't know what was going on. It's Dolly. I'm going to miss Dolly. I go back. I, I delete 20 things. I go back up. There's still not enough storage. You got to delete something else if you want to capture this moment. I go back. Like, I'm deleting pictures of dead people in my life. I'm just like, I don't care. It, this, is, this is Dolly. She will always love me. I, I'm trying. Finally, I get it. And I get pictures of Dolly. I even turn around and I've got a selfie with Dolly. In all of her glory. Just me and Dolly. But how many times are you, like a cell phone, so full that you cannot get what God wants for you in that moment? Whew. 
Your mind is so cluttered. He's trying to breathe a word into you. And you know what? So, so, so many times people say, you know what? I'm not being fed at church. And there, there's a lot of places where you're not being fed. But so many times it's because we are so cluttered that no matter who is up here bringing a word to you, you just can't receive what you need in that moment. You've got so many things. And when you get ready to receive what God has for you in a moment, you know what? You want to know what takes up so much uh, space, storage in your phone? Videos. And you get in a spiritual season. I'm going to start praying and I'm going to start fasting. And guess what? All the videos of all your failures start coming. I can never receive that power. I can never pray like that. I can't make it three days. I can't even give up one meal. I can't even give up my cell And all of a sudden, all of these things that you need to start purging from your life. How many things have we missed? How many God moments have we missed? How many people walking down the street, God was trying to say, you need to reach out to that person. But you are so cluttered. You are so focused on yourself. You are so focused on life. You could not even reach out to someone who needed him in that moment. God, forgive us. Lord, forgive me. For the moments I've been so focused on everything else, I could not even see the needs around me. But fasting... It's like hitting the delete button. And just like me, I did it once and I went to do it and I still couldn't take a picture of Dolly. I had to go back because there was still something else in my phone that I had to get rid of to capture the moment. In 2020, as I was praying and reading about this passage, God says, tell my people that I'm going to put a demand on them. It's going to stretch you like never before. He is going to demand that you find out who you were created to be. He's going to put you in places that it's going to be like sandpaper sometimes. He's putting a demand on your life. He's going to put you in season. It's just abrasive. It don't even feel like you're supposed to be there. It's like, it's like, it's like you don't want to rub the shoulders with anyone around. You are in a season right now. He says, I'm putting a demand on you that's going to stretch you. I'm putting a demand on you to bring you to the place where you find that you have something inside of you that you never knew you possessed. He said that it will only be fulfilled through prayer and through fasting. If Jesus could have received what he needed to, to, to walk out his ministry here on earth without fasting, he would not have fasted. 40 days, no. But he did. In fact, he has continued fasting for us for two th over 2,000 years. You say, where do you get that? Matthew 26, 29 through 30. It's the Lord's Supper. And he says, during his last meal with his disciples, he gave them the cup and said, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus is still fasting on behalf of his children because he knows that there is something that it can be released through fasting. And
and he is fasting for us and he is calling us to join in it with him he is calling us to do that why because Jesus wants you empty so he can fill you when you hunger for God he shall fill you when you hunger for more you will receive more fasting it sharpens us. It keeps us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When our praise and our worship and our giving becomes just rituals and routine, fasting reminds us of the purposes of these. And when you begin your year with fasting or you begin a season of your life with fasting, you are declaring Matthew 6, over your life. I am seeking you first and I know you're going to be adding the things that I need for in my life. Can you just stand with me today?